bienvenidos a otro episodio de ah, Soy una Fatstar, no soy un doctor. Este es su. I don't know how to say host. Trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphones. Yeah, grind to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold, stack that bread and buy my nose, anything is possible. Yo, what's up everybody? They said it was impossible, but we're back. Season 2, I'm a pod star, not a doctor, baby. It's your boy Cuff Daddy and my co-host. The American Pharaoh. Welcome back to our podcast where we bullshit, fuck around, and learn stuff on accident. What up, Sharif? What's up, my man? Happy New Year. Happy 2024. Happy 2024. That's We're so old me. now. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. It's yeah. I'm looking at 2024. I remember Y2K. I mean, some of our listeners probably weren't even born yet, but Y2K, 2000, I mean, 24 years ago, to say that that's almost a quarter century ago is blowing my mind. <laughs> Dude, you know what's crazy? So my PA, Damien, is 26. And, you know, I like to make these like references and jokes inside the OR to lighten it up. And, and I make these Back to the Future references that he's never seen Back to the Future. You know what? You should fire him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, That's like my favorite movie of all time. And I mean, number two, number three were average at best, but as a trilogy, they were great. And Dude, it's, for sure. Oh. I 100% agree. But it's like, if he hasn't done it, that's his homework and you give him a week. If he comes back <laughs> in a week and he hasn't done it, fired. On the spot, the... grab your shit, go. Yeah, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's an oldie but goodie. I, you know, I try to stay young. Speaking of young, like, you know, it's, it was like 20 years, I think since I went snowboarding. And then, so my teenagers want to go snowboarding. So, you know, we went last season and, and I didn't hurt myself, which is good. So, you know, I bought a new board and, and my kids are super hooked now. So they're like, let's go to the mountains this Christmas. It's like, all right. So we went and we're going down the mountain and, and my 13 year old's like feeling himself. And, you know, I'm just trying to cruise not to get hurt. And, and he catches an edge and I'm right behind him oh. and he eats shit. And he does like a forward tumble and then like a spin helicopter times two oh. and then like lands like off in a ditch by the tree. And like it was sad, but the first thing that I thought of was, fuck, I'm glad that wasn't me. <laughs> and, then, oh. and then the second thing I was like, oh, shit, is he OK? <laughs> you know, my story from last year It was about a year ago now. I mean, it was the end of January last year. I did the same shit. I my 13. Well. Sorry, my 13 year old, whatever, my oldest. She's like, Dad, I want to snowboard with you and I don't want to ski. I was like, cool. So we take some lessons and I'm kind of ahead of her so I can report her at the bottom of the hill. And before I get to the bottom of the hill, it's lights out. I mean, I have like 15, 20 minutes of blank tape and, you know, I wake up and they, they're kicking me, I guess, because they're like, Dad, well, that's why I wear a helmet. Yeah, well, you I wear, wear a helmet. I cracked my helmet. Oh. I, yeah, I cracked my helmet. So I have to go get a new helmet to go snowboarding this year. So, but. 
Yeah, I feel bad for your kid to lose his shit like that. That's no, he was good though. He was good. I, I made sure he could move all extremities, and then he was good. And then he did lose his confidence a little bit for a couple of runs, and he came back. But you know, I made it out. My like my main goal was just for me not to get hurt. And everyone saw me that I was snowboarding, and a bunch of my therapist friends and doctor friends were like, "Be careful, protect your arms." But it's oh, true, yeah. right? We, we got to make sure we don't get hurt. Yeah. So I sent a picture to my boys, and they all wrote back. It's like, you know, TBI coming. You know, like <laughs> not going to be a traumatic brain injury again, you know. So, but yeah, it's like to get down the hill. And I won't lie. I was so tentative going and we didn't, we didn't have a ton of great snow here in Michigan. So they were making some snow on top of some snow. And so it's a little icy and that's where you catch that edge and shit goes sideways. So I, I don't know. I'm glad I made it through. I probably didn't bored as I didn't shred as much as I usually do. I kind of like was old man coming down on a snowboard. But again, I escaped death. And so I feel pretty good. It's all good, man. Like, I, you know, you got to just I enjoy I'm like, dude, I'm 42. I'm not trying to go off a jump. You know, I'm just glad that I can still go down the mountain and not get hurt and hang out with my kids, uh, you know, which is good. It's kind of the same thing. Like, when you go to the gym, right? Like everyone's at the gym right now doing their new year's resolution things. And like, I stay in the gym. So it's for me, it's like, okay, it's just, you know, everyone's getting in shape again, but I kind of just try to do the thing. But the other thing is too, is like, as I got older, like I started lifting like less weight, you know, I don't know if, if you do that, but a lot of these older patients come in like, Hey, I just want to like be able to like curl 50 pounds. I'm like 50 pounds, dude. I'm like, I do 25s. And then I show them my arm and they go, Whoa, <laughs> no, I mean, well, that's exactly it. I mean, when you stop and you start looking at all that stuff, it is crazy to me. Uh, you know, like some of these guys that really want to get big and they're telling me, like you said, it's like, I want to curl the most weight I've ever curled in my life. I'm like, bro, you're like 55, 60 years old. You know, for me, I, I keep trying to remind them less is more lower weights, higher reps, just get in the gym, just be in the gym. Literally when you're older, walk into the gym. It's it's so good for you. Whether you do any workouts or not, the fact that you got out of bed and walked into a gym, now you're going to do something. It may not be what you used to do. Those days are done and it's okay. And just get in there and get active. That's really what we need to tell people. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think like, you know, there's a lot of these high level trainers now on the internet. And there's also a lot of physical therapists who are also trainers. And I think those people are really valuable to kind of these, I, I don't want to call them weekend warriors, but like some of these older people, like in their fifties <laughs> who want to just start getting in shape. That was a jab at you. I know, I know, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> But, but you know what I mean? Like, they, I think they just need a little education, like that they don't really need to do a lot of weight. They need to focus more on their form and resistance, you know, time under resistance. And a lot of this new, um, like, workout theories, I guess you want to call them, that are kind of being pushed over social media. Totally. And, you know, I think we have to be careful of what we read because social media has such a wide reach. And, we have to be careful that the first thing we read isn't like, Oh, that's gospel. I'm going to, I'm going to jump on that because there's a lot of snake oil out there. I mean, I just was looking through something on Instagram and I was flipping through and it's like shop now. And I'm looking at this and it's saying, showing these people with super varus knees and like super bone legged with tons of arthritis and how you don't need surgery. You just put this like magic tape on it and it's better. 
And you know that whoever's doing that is going to make some money off it, but those patients are going to look at us later and be, be saying, hey, th- that didn't help. Well, no shit, it didn't help. So I think you got to have a presence on social media. You got to have some data on social media and use things that have that you, you yourself have experience, but more importantly, that there is a data out there that shows that it works. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and that's another thing too, like, especially like us doctors on social media, we have to stay true to the game, man. You can't sell out and you really, if you're going to be posting stuff, there's a lot of doctors who do great stuff, therapists, doctors who educate the population. They have evidence-based, you know, recommendations. And I think these, these are like the best ones because, you know, they, they, they're really just pushing like good education and, and we're, the patients are learning and we're really like seeing what's going to make you, what's going to make a difference. Like is acupuncture going to make a difference? Is therapy going to make a difference for this or that and surgery, et cetera. Um, so yeah, I think that's just, that's kind of on us. So we need to, if we're going to be out there on social media as doctors, um, you know, we can't sell snake oil. Totally. And I think what you said is really interesting. When you look at how we treat patients as surgeons, we operate on, that's the obvious surgery, get it. But we do so much that doesn't involve surgery. We might give an injection. We might send the patient to therapy. We might splint. We might cast. We might do whatever. Not everything has to be surgery. But I think there's also a component. I I know in my own experience after I had my rotator cuff fixed that I tried a lot of different things. I tried cupping. I tried dry needling. I tried acupuncture. Why would I think that Western medicine is better than Eastern medicine? I'll never forget. So I, I went to China in, I think, 2015. And, you know, everybody there was like, oh, an American, but he doesn't look American, but an American and <laughs> let's let's give him everything. And so they gave us this like juice that's made out of corn. They, you know, fed us pigeon. They fed. It. So we tried a bunch of stuff that, you know, I made my rep. Poor guy. He ate a duck foot, which was I, I was not doing that. Um, nonetheless you it, it it messes with your stomach so i'll never forget this I, i'm not feeling so great gotta go to the or and the the one guy that's with us is like let me take you to the pharmacy i said okay so we walk into the pharmacy and right when you walk in the lady says eastern or western and i'm like i'm sorry she goes eastern or western and, and i didn't grab and so the guy is like he she's asking do you want western medications or eastern medications and i'm and of course, being from the West, they said, I'll take Western, but you know, what's over in the Eastern? So it was the exact same medications, but they compound them on site in the Eastern. So they take this powder, that powder and make you whatever medicine you need as compared to what's already in a box over on the right side of the store. So how can I say after 2000 years of them doing it with Eastern medicine that acupuncture doesn't work? It must work. So I think we have to be open to understand that just because we're surgeons and we yield a knife doesn't mean everything has to do that. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm California centric in that respect because we do that a lot here in California or have been doing it. So I'm pretty open to uh, all the Eastern medicine and the natural stuff, you know, obviously because of my diet. So I, I do like a lot of natural anti-inflammatories and a lot of people in LA, they don't want to take medications and they want to take spices or roots or whatever. Trick. So I had to kind of go educate myself on all these things. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess I thought everybody was doing that, but maybe not. 
Well, I think that it's getting more mainstream. I think it was probably more uh, niche before, and now it's kind of changing to it's. And again, I think social media plays a role in that. I think there's just a lot of people being like, "Oh, wow, look at these crystals!" And if I rub them in my hand, my my back pain is gone. <laughs> uh, and maybe it's real, maybe it's not. But I think what we're seeing is a broader spectrum of care. And what we need to do is, and, and part of it, we get it, and but maybe we don't get it as much as we think, and some for some surgeons and some doctors. But I think for patients, it's really confusing because they're being told, you got to have a surgery. The next person's like, you got to rub this powder on your back. The next person's like, jump <laughs> off a cliff. They're like, well, which is it? I, I don't know. Who do I trust? Right. And so I think that's the problem is we got to get to a point where we figure out what what goes where? And that's like, where like I always tell my, like I always tell my patients, look, I, I encourage second opinions, but if you want a second opinion from Dr. Acevedo, you ask Dr. Acevedo twice. Uh, oh, that's a Freddie Fooism. <laughs> God bless us all. <laughs> you know, that's a Freddie Fooism all day for all you, you yeah. big guys. But, you know, speaking of uh, social media, I mean, dude, a lot of the, you know, we had Jess Mina on the show before, but, um, a lot of the therapists that are on social media are really good. It's, you know, especially, you know, you can intro our guests in a little bit, but I think that I learned probably more about what physical therapists actually do on social media than I actually did when I went to go visit like the clinics and kind of see what they do. Right. So I just think their, their, uh, their reach is pretty broad with regards to like musculoskeletal care and like working out. And, and then sometimes I kind of like, damn, should I have been a therapist? Because they like oh. all the same shit that I like. <laughs> Without nearly the amount of liability, which is great. And so, yeah. no, I think that's a, a great point. And we're we're really lucky today to have uh, Dr. Caleb Burgess on. Uh, he's a doctor of physical therapy. But I'll actually say Caleb Burgess, DPT, OCS, CSCS, physical therapist. And why I said that is because he has more initials or about the same amount of initials as I do after my name. So I'm pretty excited to have him on. He's got 1.2 million followers on Instagram. So I'm really interested of like, how's that reach? And he has his own app. He has his own one-on-one -on -one training. So I'm super excited to have him on because there's so many questions I have because I think he's really pushing for healthier people and, you know, healthier lifestyle. Uh, so this is going to be great. So Caleb Burgess, come on on. All right, so we have Caleb Burgess. Welcome, Caleb. Caleb is a internet rock star PT. So, Caleb, what's up, my man? Good to see you guys. I'm doing good. Where are you I, at? My voice, my voice is actually uh, not doing so hot. I've been sick for the last few days. Here might be COVID, but hey, you got to get on the you got to get on the podcast. <laughs> so I don't make it if work. it is COVID, you're like in a great smoking place. It looks the like last you're in a week or something. Oh yeah, this is my this is my basement. So so this is kind of funny. I uh, I just moved from California to Colorado. I have a one and a three year old boy who are just wild but amazing. Um, but I have an office. I have like a legit office upstairs. But the problem is my three year old wants to come in and run in the door. There's no lock on the door. It's not soundproof when they're sleeping. My wife is running by telling me to 
shut up. So, so my office has turned into my gym basement area. I brought my desk down here. So whenever I get on calls, it looks a little sketch, looks a little bit like Dexter, but, um, <laughs> I promise I'm a good guy. I'm not killing people down here. <laughs> so for those of you listening, it's, uh, a workout station and a bunch of plastic on the wall. And yeah, unfinished really, basement. Yeah, it's super, perfect. It's super like you can murder somebody in cover. Yeah, it's super Dexter. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Except it, there's a, it's a walkout basement, so everybody can see what I'm doing. So that wouldn't really work very well. <laughs> Where in Colorado are you? Uh, we're south of Denver, Castle Rock. So it's about 45 oh. minutes south. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. We love it out here. There's a very nice uh, golf course uh, there in Castle Rock. So, yeah. My neighbor I wanna... has told me. My neighbor told me and he said I need to go with him, but I like don't golf at all, so he would probably destroy me, but I should probably do it anyway. No, you does, should. It's does like everybody top know? <laughs> does everybody know you're from LA? Like, could they tell? Well, it's kind of the funny thing out here where like when you talk to people, when you meet them for the first time, like if they're from Colorado originally, they do this thing where like the first thing they ask you is like, Hey, so are you originally from Colorado? Like they kinda like they kind of scope you out and that they're and then if you kind of hesitate, they know like, oh God, this guy had transplanted from like Texas or California. <laughs> and, and I'm always like, yeah, I just moved from California. And then they're still super nice, but you can kind of tell they're like, okay, we're not like as close as maybe we, we would have been right off the bat because you're not a native, you're a transplant. But we're trying to fit in and, and everybody's been really cool. So we love it out here. So I always give Cuff Daddy a hard time about being from California because he's, well, first of all, he's a plant-based vegan or whatever you want to call it. Is that oxymoron? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Uh, but what's the most Colorado meal that you've had since you got there? You know what? It's not really the, the meal. It's more the, uh, well, actually, no, yeah, it is. It's more like the beverages. So it's a lot more breweries, oh, yeah. a lot more beer. So California was like, we were blessed to be able to like drive, a, well, we were Southern California, so we used to drive a little bit, but we like loved Napa Valley. We're huge winos, my wife and I. Um, we actually, I don't know if you guys are familiar with like Temecula Valley, but that, they have really good wine down there too, near San Diego. So we'd go down there all the time. We were actually wine club members. So like, we're all into wine. And then we come out here and people are like, beer, beer, beer. And I love beer, actually. I love beer. I, yeah, my wife, my wife is not a big beer person. I'm trying to get her into it, but the breweries out here are amazing. The food at the breweries is amazing. So like that whole culture is like a big thing out here. And not that they don't have them in California too. I had some really good breweries I'd go to over there, but it's just like, it's just so much more common to just go to a brewery, hang out, bring your kids, have them run around. Um, it's, it's, it's a great time. So that, that's, that's, that's basically what it is. So beer and really good food. So you can yeah, tell you're about not... The... I love the beer. It's just like, you know, you get the beer belly and like I work out and, yeah. you know, like a few years ago, I think my goal, I forgot what it was. Like, I was like, dude, I got to get a six pack. So then I got a six pack, right? I was super shredded. Six pack of beer? And, like, I would show my six, no, yeah. like my abs. And like, I would show my six pack to my wife all the time. And I'm like, look at my six pack. And then, so then I like, I got loose, you know, I started drinking a little bit more beer and then I lost a lot of definition. So I'm like, dude, this sucks. So, so my, actually my resolution this year is I'm doing a sober six where is what I did last time. I tried to get shredded is like for six months, just no alcohol. And then it just, just to get shredded again. You know, yeah. what do you think about that? Do you feel like the beer's like messing with your physique at all? Well, it definitely, yeah, it definitely shows up more. So I don't, I don't drink a lot. I mean, I just, it's more like every few weekends you might get a few or something. I mean, I had a buddy come down and we went on a trip down here. They they flew in from Northern California, and he he drinks a lot more. Like not like 
in a bad way, but he just drinks more yeah. than he can handle more than I can. So when we when they came down, like every day we were having like a few beers. I'm like, man, I don't I don't really like this. <laughs> like I like the beer, I just don't like how I feel. Like you know, like yeah, oh. like, I don't I don't like to drink that much. It's more just like a, I have a night where I drink with my wife a little bit, and then maybe like another week or two later, we might have another it glass. It adds up though. It starts to yeah, add up, totally, and then totally. Yeah. Yeah, like if you go on vacation and you kind of have one of those all those all inclusive trips, that's where it hits you a week later, and you're like, "Whoa, what happened to my definition here?" <laughs> What's even worse is when you go like to a hot spot and like call it Cabo or something, and they're like, "Oh, here, try this frozen drink," and you're like, "Oh, this shit is good." But oh yeah. What you don't realize is seven deep. Number one, you're shit faced. Number two, you put yeah. you know, like nine thousand calories. Yeah, no, honestly, the, the worst I've ever, I'm not like, I don't care that much about my physique, really, especially being a, a young dad right now with my kids is like, I, I work out consistently, but I'm not like super trying to like, my diet's not perfect or whatever. But like the worst I ever looked was like, actually back in like 2018, we went to like, we, we were going, we were traveling a lot, we went to like St. Lucia on an all inclusive trip. And all it just went crazy at the at the bar with the food and everything. And, and I remember like, the next two weeks, it was like, I'm like, I only had like the top two abs and I've always had like a six pack and just naturally more lean. And I'm like, what is going on? I had like that stomach pooch like sticking out that I've never had before. And it was right when I decided to start doing my social media, right after, right after St. Lucia, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get into social media. And I started recording. And then I was like, I remember like on some of the videos, I wanted to do some things where I was like showing like my spinal position or whatever. And I was like, I need to wait a week or two. <laughs> yeah, they're like, why is this fat guy trying to teach me how to do like ab workouts? Yeah. We're not fat shaming. Not See, speaking yeah. of social media, speaking of social media, we're just talking about it offline. How like we love like the educators in social media and people who keep it real and their specialty. And, and yours is awesome, man. I've, I've learned a lot, you know, so I have two herniated discs in my back. So I, you know, a physical therapist fixed me at Kaiser, uh, Erica Barton, amazing. And I didn't have surgery and I feel great again, but like, I learned a lot from your, uh, posts. I spent, I do some of your back exercises actually. How did you get like, how did that all get started? Well, time out. Did you say Erica Barton? Yeah. I know Erica. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Yeah, she's Erica, great. She, she's high she's awesome. energy, so, dude. Oh, high my, energy. Shout out, oh, yeah. Erica. Shout out, Erica <laughs> Barton. Highest energy I've ever met in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, sorry. What was the we question again? Exploded. You caught me off guard because I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> oh yeah so anyhow like dude she did she taught me these exercises little back extension exercises and some like clamshells for my hips and i yeah. did you know i was walking with a spinal list and i never really no offense never really believed in this therapy thing and then after a couple of weeks like i got better and i was like oh shit and then i just kept doing it and then then my burpees didn't hurt nothing hurt so now i just kind of maintain my stretches and my exercises and i can work out again which is great yeah it's it's cool i mean part of what the like what me and erica went through she went through like a same like physical therapy residency program and stuff and they they drill they really drill you on like prioritizing what to attack like doing a detailed exam getting a good history and just being like okay these are the things that we really need to hit hard and it might seem like us oh, how is that really going to help me but when you actually do an, a good assessment and figure out what the person actually needs Sometimes you only need like two or three exercises to do consistently. And then you can obviously progress from there. And then you maintain those things. And, and for some people, it's like you do the exercises 
and then you don't really need to do you can kind of go back to normal life don't do them anymore and then sometimes just the, the nature of your job or the positions or movements you're doing all the time you kind of have to do it to kind of combat what you're doing like if you have a desk job and you're sitting all day it's like the most common thing to talk about like you're sitting all day that's not like a normal thing for us to do so like getting up and doing frequent exercises to combat that static positioning all day um can really help i'm glad that you, you had good results from that so Caleb, like, let's talk about that. So as a surgeon, we stand a bunch. And what I will find is that I lock my knees throughout a course of a day, which is horrible for your lower back. And so I have to keep reminding myself to do, you know, hamstring stretches because I get super tight. I'm 50 and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely feeling my age each and every year. But with that, it's so funny. Like if I do that and I lock my knees, Usually about twice a year, I get this like back lower back spasm that just drives me crazy. And it lasts for like three weeks, but then it goes away yeah. like magic. But I'll do those stretches. But it's it's one of those things where I think and you probably agree, you have to incorporate some type of stretching in your lifestyle, period. Would you agree? Yeah, stretching, I would say you can kind of divvy it up into either stretching, strengthening, or just general like movement. Just think about it like movement. So some people like static stretching. Some people like more like the dynamic mobility things where you're doing multiple reps into a, into a certain type of movement. And then some people just feel best when they just get the muscles in the area contracting more. So like you said, like, especially as a surgeon and a lot of like dentists that I've worked with too, feeling like really awkward positions when they're like cleaning teeth or doing extractions and stuff like that. And I'm sure you have to get in weird positions sometimes too. So it's like, well, that's one of those things where like, uh, only after midnight. He's so short, he has to like reach really high to operate. So, <laughs> yeah. So, so wait, hold on. Why is your name Cuff Daddy? I didn't even look at that yet. <laughs> Rotator cuff, baby. Okay, that's, I'm a what shoulder. that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. So you work on a lot yeah. of shoulders. Yeah, I'm a shoulder. We're shoulder and elbow specialists, so we. You awesome. know, I kind of. That's all I really do. So he's awesome. shoulder elbow, I'm shoulder sports. So I, I do the remainder of the body. He just concentrates on two little joints. So he can have the really cool name, the, the Cuff Daddy. Cause you... yeah. I just got American <laughs> Pharaoh. I mean, just because I'm Egyptian. That's and pretty cool too, actually. But... Whatever. If but I had yeah. to choose, I would say Cuff Daddy. No, but um, yeah, I, I was just going to say like, yeah, being in that position is, it's tough when you're like having to get in those acquisitions for long periods. And obviously there's a, like, you have to be precise with what you're doing, especially you guys. So like, um, having those ways to just take breaks and move and especially like after you're done and in between when the next patient comes in or whatever is huge. And sometimes just having a few things to work on. What do you do for your stretches? Do you do anything specific or just try to yeah. unlock your knees? I try to unlock. I'd remember to bend my knees throughout the course of my day. And you know, the problem is the cases we do are about an hour each. So you get kind of zoned in and Oh shit. I didn't, yeah. you know, I find myself, you know, with my knees locked. And so then it's about stretching and the next couple of weeks is really trying to get those hamstrings loosened up, those clams, shell exercises. And, you know, the extensions work the best for me for my lower back to kind of unlock everything. But it, yeah. it's one of those things where it's just, I, I need to be better at number one, remembering to not lock my knees and number two, to stretch more because I just know I am tight. I am just tight. Yeah. I think what happens too a lot of times is like, people um well like one of the biggest motivators to actually do something consistently that you're not used to doing is like when you have discomfort or pain or tightness so when you're not feeling it as much or you just feel like a little bit you're like ah <laughs> and then you wait till it comes on to do it and that's not like like a horrible thing but ideally 
when you start to feel like a little bit and you kind of know what's going to trigger it, you can, that's when you can kind of like get that pattern. And it's just hard to do when you don't have the, the tightness or the symptoms that are making you do it because then you can't function how you want to function. Right. Yeah. So the compliance for sure is an issue, right? Like I noticed with me, like if you, when I did them, it'd get better. And then when I didn't, it wouldn't. So, you know, I see that you, you do a lot of virtual PT and that's really convenient. Yeah. Does, does, do you feel like you increase your compliance with the patients like by doing it virtually? Like, how are you tracking that? Yeah, that's it. I always like talking about this because um, at first I wasn't really sure how well it was going to work. I started doing it like end of 2018 or something because people were asking for it. Um, and what I've noticed, people kind of self-select, not always, but they kind of self-select. So if there's somebody who reaches out to me for virtual physical therapy or training or combination of both or whatever, they usually kind of understand like, okay, I need this because I travel a lot. Like I have people that are like, like a lot of business owners or like have like a helicopter pilot that, that like they're always moving around. So like they don't really have anywhere they can go consistently. So to have me check in with them often really helps them. And so they kind of understand the assignment and, and also people that are really good communicators or, and utilize the communication with me in a weird way, they get more communication and contact point than somebody who you're seeing in person. Cause if you're seeing a lot of patients in person, I can't be like calling all those people or messaging them. But like when I have a set amount of clients that I max out at a certain point then I can, I can kind of give them that communication. And when they're good communicators and there are people that are kind of understanding that a lot of it is on them and they're not like expecting me to fix them. They just want to guide. Um, then they do really, really, really well. And they almost do better than they would do it in person for some of those people. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, you just said that you do a bunch of virtual. How does a virtual assessment start? Like, how do you feel like you've done a good exam when you're doing it from a distance? So like I treat it very similarly to what I would do if I was talking to somebody in person. So I just basically keep it open-ended, get their history, do a very, very thorough. I mean, I still would do in person the same, but we have a lot more, I have a lot more time and I can kind of create the amount of time that I want. Like I said, when I do it this way, so I can do like a super thorough subjective exam to the point that once, um, I, I get that done. I have a pretty good idea of the things I want to look at with the exam. And like, I don't have to like spend too long with the objective physical exam part. So when I actually have them perform the movements, um, it's pretty streamlined to what I want to look at, which honestly, that's very similar to what I would do in person anyway. And obviously I can't do things like passive range of motion or resistive tests or checking for like joint stability and, and stuff like that. However, even though that information is still important, I feel like it's such a small piece of the pie for like an effective long-term rehab process that I'm not like too concerned about that. And if I really think somebody has, like they really need to get it checked out and they haven't even seen like a, a, sur a, a physician, like an orthopedic surgeon or a physical therapist who could ev evaluate them in person, like they have like a potential like ACL tear <clears throat> or like some sort of like ligamentous instability. Like I'll tell them, hey, you should probably go see somebody just to double check that or um, get some imaging if needed or whatever. Um, but if I really don't think at that point, they really, really need that. He's like, Hey, you can do that if you want to, but at this point, there's some stuff we can definitely do to improve your function. And, um, in that case, like most people can kind of see how the virtual can be very similar to in-person. And there's like a lot of, uh, a lot of people just don't quite understand that. Like, how can you actually know what's going on if you're not like touching me? And it's like, that's important. But from a physical therapy standpoint, 
I need to see how you move. I need to see how you move. I need to see, I need to understand what stresses are causing you symptoms and, and your movement will show me that. And you telling me what you feel when you do that. And there's patterns we can see. And again, I would, I wish I could warp everybody to see me in person. That's the best, but it, it can be very, very close for majority of cases. The only cases where I would say it's really not good at all is if somebody had like a stroke or a spinal cord and like, I have to be there like helping them get out of bed and move and roll. And like, there's no way I'm going to do that stuff. They should be seeing someone in person. But when it's like orthopedic cases, like the, the virtual stuff works really, really well. No, that's awesome. And you know, what's crazy is I was looking at your, I don't know how I got on this part of your website or something. And I found like where your 1.2 million followers are and you got like 9% of your followers from Tahrain and and wherever that, I think it's Iran. It's crazy. (laughs) Like you are all over the globe. I mean, it's crazy how many people like in Turkey, it's so, you know, when you do this, I think it's so important to, you know, say the right things and you're obviously saying the right things and do the right things and help these patients. And like you said yourself, it's like you, you are going to look at somebody and possibly say, you know what, I can't help you because you need to see somebody. And that's really important because as you, as your persona grows, so to speak, and as your footprint grows, you have to be a little bit careful that you are still spreading the right gospel. And to do this around the globe is number one, amazing. But I think it also puts into perspective that you have such a wide reach and the ability to help so many people. And you didn't even know it looks like that you knew you were there. And so it's really cool that you're doing that. And as I look at your page, you use humor, you use like data. You, it's it's really, really interesting how you do it. How did you grow from, it sounds like 2018 to now? You started, did yeah. you start from scratch or like how'd this happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, I didn't do any like paid advertising or like ask people to share my stuff or whatever, but there were some things that I did because at the beginning stages, there's a lot of people that will tell you on social media, like you just need to post and post good content. And like, eventually you'll like, and like, there's some truth to that, but like a lot of it, you need, you do need some help. You need someone to like reshare your stuff or whatever. And like, you can pay for that, whatever. I never really did that, but what I did, and it's a little bit different strategy, I think, as time goes on, obviously, but when I was doing it, um, it was a lot about like, like you want to make sure you're interacting with the bigger accounts. You don't want to come off like a suck up, but just like commenting on their stuff, like legit comments, like DMing them if you find some things interesting, kind of develop relationships. And then they might think like, hey, this guy's a cool guy or whatever. And then they see your, they go, maybe go to your page one day. And if you've been posting consistently good stuff, you look at that and go, wow, this guy has some really good things. Like, I've found people that way and I've promoted things for other people that I thought were great pages and I've helped them to a degree. I'm not like tooting my own horn, but I know it's happened. But like even with me, like I had a few posts early on that I didn't expect to get reshared, but there's a lot more resharing to back in 2018. Like people like which reshare a lot more and it's become it's become like less of a thing people want to do now because I guess Instagram doesn't like post it as far if you share stuff it's kind of weird they want you to make everything original anyway people would reshare if they saw something good because it would help their page and also they liked it and so then people like sometimes i'd like i would refresh my feed and i'd be like what in the world is going on just like follow 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 and all these people and i have to figure out who reshared my stuff so there are some big accounts that shared my stuff early on which kind of helped that but then but then like it goes back to like you still have to post consistently and you still have to post like really good and i used to like this is not very glamorous but when I first was starting, 
because I, I had done so much research on how to like grow your page and stuff. Like I was so obsessed with it that like I would stay up. I would stay up until like three, four in the morning, like every single day. This is pre kids, obviously. Right. <laughs> not that I'm not doing that anyway, <laughs> but, um, I would say up to like three, four in the morning, like editing, learning how to make things like checking fonts that worked well on other people's pages, how they did transitions, like just ridiculous. Like, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm turning into like this, like video editor, but, and I would make sure I posted every single day, something brand new. And then what's cool is I'm at the point now where I've posted thousands of posts. So I literally so many days now, and I'm not, I'm not saying I'm lazy. I'm just busier with other things I have to do. I, uh, I will repost something from six months ago that most of my following probably hasn't even seen because only a fraction will see it. So now I have that luxury of like, I can just, if I'm like tired one day, I'm like, I'm just going to repost something or slightly tweak it. And it might do better than the last time because I've made so many posts, but the front end is like super hard, like losing sleep all the time, always editing, always making new content. And like, I even joked with people and this sounds again, this is kind of ridiculous. I'm not some people have to do this, but I would like go to trips in like Hawaii and I, my normal posting time is like 6 a.m. Pacific Coast time when I or Pacific Standard Time when I was in California. I'd wake up. I would set an alarm for 3 in the morning on vacation to wake up and post because that would help my page keep growing. Like I was obsessed. But, I mean, it helped. I mean, obviously, it's it not where I'm at now. But like um, you kind of have to be kind of a little crazy <laughs> to, to, like, to make it work. Or you like anything work. else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now it's a little bit different. I mean, it still would happen back then. But like – it, it was like kind of easier to grow in some way back then, but also now you have a lot higher likelihood of like having a super small following and have a, a reel or a TikTok or something go viral and explode your page. Like that's a lot easier. However, like overall, the engagement stuff was much better back in 2018 and it's just been getting worse. So like the slow growth was easier then, that like fast growth is easier now, I feel like. So anyway, and if anybody's looking to do that, that's my tips. And do you feel that like COVID helped in a way because people had to be home? And so were they reaching out to you at that point saying, Hey, I, I, if I'm going to be home, I need to do something. Yeah. So that was, um, it's kind of funny from my end because I had already pretty big account by that point. Um, however, it did like, like skyrocket my growth too. But what was funny was from my end, I saw so many accounts that I knew were like newer accounts or like, doing decently well. And I saw them just explode because they were all, I was kind of a little old school. I wasn't really posting as many reels and stuff, and they were just, just posting these reels and like all their posts were like constantly going viral because everybody's on their phone. <laughs> and so I think we all kind of exploded at that point, but like it was kind of cool to see ones that were like brand new, just like totally skyrocket. Um, the, other, the other thing about COVID and I didn't really ask this, but just to kind of go on a little tangent here was like it, for virtual, it was this weird thing where like, Pre-COVID, I was kind of like more known in our space as like, wow, this guy does like online stuff. So most people would reach out to me, like not many people were doing that from like a physical therapy standpoint. So it was kind of cool because people kind of knew me or they didn't even refer to me because they were kind of nervous to do it. So they refer people to me, other physical therapists or whatever, or even, even like coaches and physicians and stuff would send me people. Then COVID happened. Everybody was forced to do online so it was this weird thing where I got a huge influx of clients um, because no, everything was closed down. However, like 2021-ish going on 2022, everybody was doing it. So now it's like I don't have that crazy amount of influx that I used to have. 
um, even though I've been around longer and, and doing it for longer, it's like now everybody does it. So then there's more like shopping around and things like that. So it was cool initially. Then afterwards, it was kind of like, I'm glad people are doing it. But for me, from personally, from a business perspective, it was like, ah, shoot. Right. <laughs> now everybody's doing it. I'm not yeah, special you're, anymore. You're an OG now. So that's cool. You, you put your time in. You put in the work. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this all you're doing? And are you doing it, you know, sans insurance? Everything is fee for service? Yeah. So um, for the longest time, I was working full time and doing it. And then it just got, it was just so crazy. And then especially after having my first, my, my son uh, in 2020, like summer 2020, COVID baby. Um, after a few months of doing that, I was just so thrashed. I was just like, I got to, I want to spend more time with him. So I went to, per, I, went, I started working per diem. And then I was, I slowly brought my days to like the minimum that I could actually work in the clinic setting. And then even then I was like, you know what? I feel like I still could do a lot more if I fully went virtual. If it's a lot more scary, there's like, I don't have all like the benefits and all that stuff from the work. And, and there's so many obviously positive things that come from working for somebody that has under a big umbrella. So now it's like all on me. So yeah, now I'm just, I'm all virtual. I made an app now so I can get a lot more people. I can scale the app and build programs and stuff like that. So and there's other projects that I need to work on, but it's, it's tough to get them all in. Um, and then insurance wise, I've, I've never taken insurance because there's so many stipulations on like, I never take insurance virtually. I mean, so I, there's so many stipulations on like where you can actually see people who like, who will get reimbursement, how much reimbursement you get. And that keeps getting slashed. So I decided a long time ago, I'm like, I'm just going to treat this as coaching. And I will tell people straight up front, like, Hey, you can't like say this is physical therapy. I'm coaching you with the knowledge of a physical therapist. And if that bugs you go see a physical therapist in person or someone else that takes insurance or, or whatever. And, and, I would say 99% of people have worked with me have been like, that's totally fine. I don't care. Like I'm already seeing a personal trainer online or whatever, uh, but now I can work with you as a trainer. I'm doing air quotes, people that are listening, um, but, but you understand injury, so you can work through that kind of thing. So I love that. So I saw that on your page, you know, about the trainer thing. And I had to ask you, cause I was working out today in my home gym. I have a tonal that I like to use and I don't know what the hell the point of this exercise is, but I freaking hate it. But for me, like the more I hate it, the more I do it. So like before I used to hate burpees and now I could do like 40 burpees and in a row and like, it's not a big wow. deal. Right. So what the, what the hell is a Turkish getup and why am I doing that? <laughs> I hate that Turkish, exercise. And Turkey, <laughs> but I keep doing it. He's huge in what? Turkey too. But why, what, can you explain to me this exercise? Like, what is the benefit well, of this exercise? I'm not an expert in like the history of it, to be honest. And someone else could probably tell you better about that. Um, but the idea, I mean, the, the overall idea is it provides like a lot of benefits for your whole body. So it provides a lot of like shoulder stability because you're kind of moving through, like as you're standing up, your shoulder has to kind of move. Oh yeah. You'll love, you'll love this cuff daddy. So as you're holding that kettlebell, like you're having to stabilize as you get up, but you're also working like the stability of the back shoulder as you're putting it on the ground. You're you're working on like hip mobility, then obviously leg strength as you stand back up. It is super weird. And honestly, if I knew more history, I'd be able to explain like why someone made that exercise. <laughs> but um, I'm not, honestly, I don't do it very often, um, but there obviously are, are good benefits for it. It's just, I can't explain to you why someone made that exact pattern of getting up and getting down. <laughs> Maybe they, they figured out that like, Hey, this is perhaps holding a super heavy weight with one hand. I can only do it with like a 12, like a 12 pound kettlebell. Oh, yeah. Like it, it's hard. 
No, but, but you need to get to work that. No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, like, when um, go ahead, go huh? ahead. I was just going to say, when you're getting up, you have to do all these different body movements because it's yeah. like you said, it's legs, it's glutes, it's it's quads, it's hamstrings, it's core, it's arms, yeah. it's shoulder, and then you're balance. Up. Yeah. Now you do it, and it's balance. Now you now you sit back down to do it all over again. It's like, are you kidding? Yeah, me? I, I'm sure what probably happened, and I apologize if you listen to this, who like knows the history of it, but I'm sure like it was something where like a strong man or something was trying to show off of like, hey, I have this heavy weight, and like. I'm going to try to get up and get back down without like letting it drop. And like, that was the most efficient way when they kept doing it over and over again. That's probably what happened. Like what's, what's your, what's your favorite exercise in the gym? And what's, what's the exercise you hate the most? Uh, um, I think my favorite exercise is probably the deadlift. Um, just because it just, there's something like primal about it. Uh, just like, ripping this heavy weight off the ground and being like wow like i just did that and like you just feel when everything is like tight and locked in it just feels amazing so i say probably the the barbell deadlift um the one i hate the most i don't know i mean i have exercises that i just don't prefer but i've never actually thought about what i hate i mean i would say maybe maybe i'll rephrase it because it but like one of the exercises I actually love the most, but I also am like, just like, oh my God. Like, it's like, you have to like mentally prepare for it. If you're doing like heavy, like Bulgarian split squats or like, I, those are just legs. Like, but like the cardio <laughs> that you get out of that, like if you don't rest between sides, I mean, if you do that, you're just, you're sucking wind. And then obviously moving here to Colorado, when I first started doing those in my basement here, I mean, I was like, it would like, that would literally like make me angry, like how out of breath I was. <laughs> I was like, because I thought I was in altitude. Yeah. And I would actually yeah. fly home. Um, I mean, in a nutshell, I was still kind of working per diem when I moved here in California. So I'd fly home every few weekends. And so I'd work out in the gym at home in California. And I was like, why is my workout so easy? But like, obviously it's the altitude. So it's like, it was kind of like, I'm like, it was crazy. I'm like, I can totally see why people like train elevation. But yeah, I don't really hate the Bulgarian split squat. I actually love it, but yeah. I just hate how sometimes it makes you feel. <laughs> while, while hates a strong it. word. Hates a strong word. <laughs> yeah. So last question, because we, you know, we're kind of, we got to play, we're going to play a little game with you, but I, I just really want to yeah. know, I'm really obsessed with this and Bobby makes fun of me, but like, so do they have tacos in Colorado and are they good? They are good. <laughs> They are good. They are good. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, right, coming from Southern California, you're like, oh, God. Mexican food's like, it doesn't matter where you go. I mean, obviously, you can go along the border, but like Southern California, Mexican food, oh, my God. But honestly, um, with that being said, I mean, even in my, like, little suburban area, Colorado here, I found some really good Mexican spots, <laughs> Mexican food places, um, believe it or not. Now, I'm not going to say it's better than the stuff I've tried in California, like the best places I've tried. But I mean, like, I'm happy going there and devouring some tacos on Taco Tuesday. So I'm not, like, upset about it. <laughs> Let's just That's put good. it that way. That's good. Let's bring Bobby in, Sharif. Bobby, come on in. What, what up? up, Bobby? Hey. <laughs> you so, have to uh, sneak in some taco conversation. Tacos uh, and burpees. Yeah. That's all he talks about. Tacos I always send I always send pictures of tacos when I eat tacos to Bobby, and he's like, "We eat tacos a lot." And I was like, "I do." <laughs> and the best uh, part is, so, so Bobby's a vegetarian, Cuff Daddy's a vegan, and then the other day I was like, I was at dinner, and I'm texting with these guys. I'm like, I'm about to crush some chicken nachos, and they're both like, "Oh, that sounds so good." And I'm like, you can't, can't have this. Too bad. Hey, 
By the way, you guys on on the Cuff Daddy and Bobby, have you guys had the um, what is it Trader Joe's? Is it Trader Joe's? The Snowfritas? <laughs> fri- you know, like, you know the chorizo? Yeah. No way. No time about. We live I, at Trader Joe's. I've had everything from Trader Joe's. Because you know, Danny and I, well, the one that's like the it's like the chorizo, but it's like but it's um it's it's tofu. Um, hmm. My wife used to make that like uh like this like. Uh, dish, she made tacos with it with like a bunch of seasoning and spices. And it is amazing. So like, I yeah. mean, you guys <laughs> See, can food <laughs> is food. Know, I'm not hating. I'm not hating. But you know what really tastes good? Huh. Chorizo, chorizo. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I know. But, but like, people hate on like the like ones that are like the, um, and I, I kind of hate on it too, like the ones that are like the imitation meat. But like that one is like bomb. It's so good. Chorizo. So, that's Danny and I, Danny and I will send like we'll get randomly text each other probably two three times a week with pictures of like plant based meat. Like, hey, have you tried this one? Have you tried this one? <laughs> like, you I want just, it to be so bad. I sound so bad. I shouldn't have said it like that, but you want to have the meat so bad, but it's like, Ugh. no, but yeah, it's most, just rare. Most things, I'm like, it's not comparable, but like that one's really good. Caleb, it's rare, right? Like, I, fa- I found a friend now who has a similar diet, so it's like, oh, this is kind of cool. <laughs> there, sure. I, 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 I heard a joke about that one time. It was something about, like, what will a – it was like a, a, a vegan who does CrossFit. Like, what will they what will they bring up first or something like that? <laughs> I think that was the joke. Yeah. Like, what will they top your off with first? <laughs> So we we used to play a little game, you know. We play games with the guests, keeping a gangster, and we, we fuck around with them. But we're, we we had a new game, and we're gonna let Bobby just kind of fuck around with us, just because we we tease him so much because he's our DJ. So now it's yeah. Bobby's turn to to fuck with us. No, I'm not. I'm not starting off season two fucking with you guys. Like, we're having fun. <laughs> we're gonna keep it light. All right, Caleb. We're not gonna do anything too crazy, but um, we're just gonna play a a simple simple game of Would You Rather. And I would, would you rather? And I want to oh, get opinions on. from everybody and see how it, uh, it weighs out. So we've got three questions for the group, and then I've got one bonus question for you at the end, uh, Caleb. So, uh, question one, and guys, let the guests go first. Danny, like, sure. shut up and let the man talk a little bit uh, before you get to it. <laughs> All right. So, especially coming from like a practitioner standpoint, I want you to think about this with patients as well as like your regular day to day life, but. <clears throat> Would you rather have the ability to be invisible or read people's minds? I think my wife has asked me that like 20 times. Um, I feel like I would rather be, but I, every time I have to think about it again, because I might change my mind. <laughs> I think I'd rather be invisible because I feel like if you read people's minds, it would just screw up your own head because you wouldn't want to know what people are thinking all the time. We all think things we don't want someone else to know. So like, I don't think I'd want to even know that I'd rather be invisible and just like do my own thing and stuff like that. That's my answer. (laughs) I'll have to agree with invisible. I think there is a, I want to say it's a Mel Gibson movie back in the day where he could, you know, he heard what women want, I think it was called and he could hear whatever every woman said. I know he, and it like, destroyed him because he's like wow they really think that of me so i i think it'd be invisible i think they would both kind of suck no no joke but i think i would rather be invisible oh for sure i'd rather be invisible you can can choose though right you can like be invisible 
yeah, yeah. I don't we think that sucks at all. Oh, no, 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 no. You were just invisible. Oh, for oh, sure. Like, the whole time? You can't even, you can't. like, show yourself? No, because it's like you can't selectively read people's minds either. Like, you just can you yeah, get close it off. People know you're there. <laughs> yes, that is. It'd be like proving the invisible man. Okay, hold on. Well, that changes it. If 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 I had to stay invisible, I would probably read people's minds so people can actually like see me and interact with me. <laughs> yeah, but it would also so so they. You're right. They both would suck. Um, I would probably read people's minds if that was the case. If I could choose to go like invisible or not invisible, I would definitely do invisible over reading people's minds. Well, but then let's let's spin it then. If you could choose to be invisible or invisible, or choose to read people's minds whenever you wanted, you could turn either one of them on and Ooh. off. Then what's the answer? I'm still invisible. I'd be a menace. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably still be invisible because I wouldn't know when to turn it on or off. Like, if I read their minds, I'm like, ah, oh, I didn't want to know that. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably run around invisible. invisible and slap people in the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh shit. See this, see, this is what we do on like Wednesday mornings, Caleb. This, this is, is what we do for like an hour before these guys start cutting people open. Um, <laughs> all right, number two. Would you rather be stuck in a romantic comedy with your worst enemy Ooh. or in a horror movie with your best friend? Oh, that's easy. Uh, probably horror movie best friend. Yeah, for sure. Now, if it's oh. a really well-written horror movie that like it's not super cheesy, then I'd be a little more... St- timid to say that answer but because most of them are like it's so obvious what you need to do to get out of the situation it'd be so much fun with my best friend because we're like seriously just stay out of the house yeah just stay in crowded areas (laughs) don't go upstairs don't go in the basement leave the house walk away find other people don't go to your random like grandfather's like cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere where there was already murders don't do that (laughs) I don't know. That's scary. Have you been to Halloween Horror Nights? Like, I can barely go into some of those mazes. Like, I I, I push my kids in front of them and and I run. It's like it's it's too real. It's scary. I don't know. I don't know if I could. I don't know if I could do it. Can you describe Bobby how he showed running right there? I I think I was laughing, close my eyes. I didn't even see it. That might have to be a reel. You might want to mark that. Did I go like this? (laughs) You went like. No, those oh, creepy, though. I've never, I've never been to Hollywood Horror Nights. I've been to Not Scary Farm, though. Oh, dude, Not Scary Farm is nothing. Like, you go to Hollywood it's Horror Nights, like, they're so long. Like, by the time you're, like, midway into the maze, you're like, wait, am I in the fucking movie? And then you just start, like, oh, shit. And then you, like, got to get out because it's it's too long and it's too real. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah I, I've heard that that one's just another level. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, anyways, my, my two cents is you guys are all ridiculous. I'd rather be in a romantic comedy any day of the week. Um, with your worst I'm not, enemy? I'm not messing around in a horror movie. With your worst but, enemy? Yeah. It doesn't mean that they have to be my love interest. Like, they could just be a ancillary character. Oh, so now you get to make shit up. You I'm, your my rules. Story. Listen, so I'm writing the story. I'm interacting with you. They're like, I'm good. Now, okay, I'm like, right, you, no, in this no, horror no. movie, your best friend Bobby, could be the murderer, Bobby, for all you know. No, stop it. No, this is so they're going to be two characters that are going to be related in within the movie. So you're whether it's your best friend and you're both main trying characters. to take some murderer. Yeah, you're the main characters. So you're the main characters in this rom com with your worst enemy. I mean, maybe your love interest. Cle- 
that's even so you're hooking that up. makes it you're even more Would honestly if out? i think about it that way it's even more clear that i'd rather be in the romantic comedy because at the end we're going to find some common ground and fall in love <laughs> and it's going to work out right. versus the, the horror movie right, actually Oh. At the end, what you're saying one of us is you watch die. a lot of romantic comedies, so you know the plot better than we do because we don't really watch them. We say screw that. We're not watching. I mean, yeah, every single one is like, the same, so I know how it's going to end. You're like, you can watch that when I'm at home. All right, that was actually a good point. Now I changed my mind. Yes. No. 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 Hey, I want to know what does. Last one. All right. This one. This one. I'm. I'm excited to hear answers on this one because again, think about it in a clinical setting as well as your personal life. Would you rather speak in a baby voice for a day or be spoken to in a baby voice for an entire day? Oh, I already speak in a baby voice to my baby, so I would not do that. To everybody, though. Virtual consult, baby voice. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Well, this doesn't count for I think I'd rather do that. I'd rather take the baby. I'm taking the baby voice, not receiving it because I would just get too annoyed by someone else doing it. But Cuff Daddy has a baby voice, so. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, my voice has been known to be sexually ambiguous because, like, I will call people and and they'll be like, hello, ma'am. And I'm like, uh, it's Daniel. <laughs> you know, it's funny story. When I first called my wife when we were dating, she thought it was her friend, like, doing a girl voice. No. <laughs> oh, my Hey, easy for you then. Easy that answer. Is incredible. That is incredible. I would probably say I have to receive the voice. I, I couldn't do a baby voice all day. No. How about you, Bobby? I, I could I'll I'll do baby voice all day long. Like uh, then don't <laughs> I couldn't then do that. I'm, the, I'm the same way. Like I couldn't have somebody doing it to me. I would get way too annoyed too fast, but I could annoy people nonstop. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. I would I would fit if you had to do it, I would FaceTime with you. You would be on FaceTime with me doing baby voice, and you wouldn't realize that I came to your house and punched you in the face. <laughs> I mean, it'd be well-deserved, but it's all right. I'd rather yeah. be on that end of it. All right, so. that's fair. Or you could go to right, Dexter's well, basement over here. <laughs> Caleb, uh, dude, thanks for coming on, man. It's wow. been a hey, blast. Hold on. Hold I, I think. Oh, 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 oh. More. I got bonus oh, questions. Edit. edit it out. Cut that. <laughs> Oh, man. You can tell we're rusty here. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't recorded in like three weeks. Yeah. All right, Caleb, bonus question. These guys have answered this question in the past, so we're going to start collecting (laughs) answers to develop a um, a larger scale of the answer. So would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? 100 duck-sized horses. Oh, it's the wrong answer. <laughs> yes. Well, do I have weapons or no? Did I use my fist? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, that's the right answer. Wait, do I have that's weapons, the... though? No. Okay, then I would do the, yeah, the, the 100, not the one. If I had one, if I had a yeah. weapon and I had only one, I would choose the, the big one. See, I chose... I, what did I choose? I think you guys I, both. I chose, are, no, no, yeah, yeah. I said Danny and Sharif no, both I don't chose want to the one. Anything. I, yeah, I said I'll deal with the one. I'd rather deal with the one. The I'll one. figure it out. But to have a hundred different things coming at me, and I said it, it could be ants, it could be bees, it could be whatever. I don't want a hundred of anything. And Bobby's That's thought true. was get high 
and then you could you know <clears throat> fight them off as they go for me i was like fuck that or you can yeah. do a narrow tunnel and tunnel them in and just yeah. pick them off no but uh <laughs> i i don't know why i i was thinking ducklings like little duckling size ones i was like oh i could do 100 no problem when i actually think of like a legit duck i was like ooh, 100 of those things how athletic are they how can they yeah. jump well, keep, yeah. keep in mind keep in mind they're not ducks you're they're dealing duck with 100 horses. duck size horses <laughs> or a yeah because they're trying to like kick duck. you and stuff it's not going to hurt if yeah. it's a duck there's size a hundred horse but yeah but a duck Dude, but a, duck, a, a duck the size of a That's horse a because a duck like is ducking you can out, run, you can I don't you well i don't you know outrun him i keep changing my mind <laughs> sorry stop, danny stop without running him we went over this before this is why this question is so tough because the duck sized horse can fly. But now we don't know if it can fly well. It can fly as well as a duck. <laughs> oh, we, hold on. Let's, get, let's bring Caleb up to speed. Um, this was a discussion that we had to educate Cuff Daddy that ducks can fly. Oh my gosh. Like, it can fly? We're like, it's a duck. <laughs> it's not an ostrich. <laughs> Wait, ostriches can't fly, right? Ostriches I don't know. They have wings. Ostriches cannot fly. See? They just run they can like back. glide. Like they can kind of like go up for a second, right, and then come back down. But an ostrich, can, an ostrich can mess you up. They have like oh, the beak thing. Yeah, you know? they, have, they have a very strong <laughs> neck that will like stab you, and then they yeah. glide with their stride like a gazelle. Yeah, yeah they're really fast. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I think we've probably reach the maximum capacity of our brains at this time out west um i know for cuff daddy that's for sure but uh <laughs> caleb you're awesome man thanks so much thanks for what you do because i think you really do help so many people that may not have access to good care good education not taking anything away from the people in the denver area doing therapy but just your broad reach globally obviously uh, so thank you for what you do. Thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, Bobby, get his cell because I'm going to probably text you on the side some questions because I know that I'm going to need your help. But <laughs> we appreciate it. Thanks for coming on for sure. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for getting up early for me. <laughs> the time no, no difference. All. all right, man. Awesome. Be good. Be safe. Thanks, guys. Later. See you, buddy. Peace. That was, that I like was having cool. therapists on. That was our second one, right? We had Jess Mina last season. We got Caleb Burgess to kick off season two. Uh, he He's pretty smart dude. He's super smart. I mean, the fact that he does this virtually is crazy. I think that's pretty awesome that he can do that virtually. I think it's huge because some people just don't have the access to, to get there. And it, like he said, if you're motivated, he can get you where you need to be which I think is awesome. As long as you have good internet, that's huge. You might struggle with him, especially if <laughs> you try to tell me that you want to do your exercises in LA at 6 p.m. <laughs> I don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to hit him up uh, for the new season of exercises that I'm doing. Uh, I'm incorporating a lot of compound movements. But... Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to episode one of season two of I'm a Pod Star, Not a Doctor. It's your boy Cuff Daddy signing out. 
Thanks, brother. It's been good seeing you and hanging out again after the new year. We had a little break. We're a little rusty today. So hopefully you can make it through this episode. If it's not from us, listen for Kayla because he was great. But find us on all places of social media, on Instagram, on YouTube, on where else are we? Uh, But find us and find us wherever you find your podcasts. Peace. Trying to get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphone. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles. Cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles. Cause anything. The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent.